Welcome to the Wounded Healers podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Janessa. We are two women who were diagnosed with autoimmune diseases in our early 20s. We were lucky enough to find each other and find community and it's something that we want to bring to anyone else who may be in a similar place. Hi, Amy. How are you doing? I am well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well as well. I'm excited to be back for our episode four. Me too. And we are recording this on Christmas Eve. So happy belated Christmas. Happy belated New Year for those of you listening. So we're excited to be here this evening for Amy, this morning for me. Um, Today's topic, we're going to kind of go over medications. Um, Between Amy and I, we were kind of joking around because we think we're going to touch on a lot of medications tonight between the two of us. We've done them all. We've done them all. Sure feels like it. So (laughs) So, yes, so Amy and I have been on a few of the same ones um, and then there are some that I've been on and some that Amy's been on that I haven't. So that's kind of nice and unique that you're going to get two different perspectives on some of those same medications and also a full perspective from Amy on the ones she's taken and I haven't. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I think we could possibly start out with one that is very common. um, And it seems to be one of the first medications that is prescribed, which is methotrexate. Mm -hmm. Amy, have you been on methotrexate before? Yes, methotrexate was the first um, non-steroidal. Is it? No, no, it's not. It's not a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. It's a disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drug. Catchy, <laughs> catchy <Yeah>. little name. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first one. So I initially was treated with that with um, prednisolone, and I was on methotrexate for most of the five years of my diagnosis, probably like four and a half, and then I came off this year um and switched to something else but I feel really fortunate in that I had a really good experience with methotrexate largely I was on a really really high dose orally I think really nice like I've never had to inject any medication which is a big um nice comforting thing that I haven't had to go through I'm very aware of that um, but yeah, I didn't really have any of the super intense side effects that people report with methotrexate either. Had a little brain fog um, and like very mild nausea. But apart from that, I got away pretty scot-free. But on reflection, now that I'm on sulfasalazine and hydroxychloroquine, I'm not sure methotrexate was actually the most efficient drug for managing my RA. I Sulfasalazine... Mm-hmm seems so much better which is interesting because it's supposedly milder but um yeah no methotrexate I would say on a rating I'd give it a solid <laughs> a solid 6.5 out of 10 I like this I like this rating system yeah. Yeah. what about so, you from my experience I had definitely a different experience with methotrexate which is really nice and I I love that we've had different experiences because it's so easy to want to lump like one person's experience into how it's probably going to go for you. Mm -hmm. And as we know, like you can have the same autoimmune disease, the same condition as someone, but still have a very different experience such as, such as life, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so with methotrexate, 
it was the first medication I was put on and it started off okay. I started on a lower dose and then they steadily increased that dose. But I started to get um, mouth sores from it. So that's one of the side effects. And my rheumatologist asked me to report that. So I did. Um, But it was really weird. It was almost like canker sores. Um, So they just kind of like felt a little bit painful. Um, Nothing too terrible. I know there's a lot of other like really intense side effects that are possible, not necessarily common. So I'm great grateful that I did not um, experience those. However, um, I did experience this almost like, I would call it like a methotrexate hangover. Mm -hmm. Like the next day I felt like tired, sluggish, not really able to formulate a thought. It was kind of tough for me. So yeah, there was that. And then um, the last thing was I started having some light stomach pain and I don't know really if that was from the methotrexate at that time or if that just had to do with some kind of GI issues that I've kind of on and off struggled with for a bit. So for me, um, all right, one out of 10 for methotrexate for me, I'm going to give it a four. <laughs> I'm going to rate it a four for Janessa. <laughs> so so that's my rating. Um, but yeah, I only ever took that one orally um, yeah. as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think the um, going back to like the methotrexate hangover, I think I didn't realize how severe those were until I came off methotrexate. And then I was like, oh, wow, like you really put up with a lot on those mornings waking up and doing everything you needed to do. I think I think we've kind of spoken about it before, but how you just like power through and don't don't really in the moment don't like take a step back and be like should I be feeling like this do I need to feel like this um I never really questioned that I was always just like well it is what it is Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah no that is really an important thing to think about because you mentioned this before I think in our second episode but when you're going through this there's no way you can be prepared or know how to deal with this and you're not supposed to know you said and I think that's so important to give yourself that grace but There's also this side that I really wish I had the tools to be more mindful when Mm -hmm. I first started my journey. And I think mindful can be a a word that might trigger some people. So what I mean by that is I wish I trusted my intuition around how things were making me feel. But at that time, it was hard to trust my intuition because I was in a mindset where I couldn't trust my body. So I thought, if I can't trust my body, how can I trust my intuition? So I wish that I did put more mindfulness, like I said, into Mm -hmm. trusting my intuition because I knew from the get-go that methotrexate just wasn't the right fit for me. It doesn't mean it won't be for you if you're listening. This might be like your one and done medication. I hope so. I hope you don't have to do too many things or hopefully nothing, you know, or whatever suits you. But yeah, it's important to check in with yourself. Yeah, I agree. And I, okay, so another medication I have on the list um, is prednisone. (laughs) (laughs) I know Amy's been on prednisone too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But you know, this is something I learned just before we started recording this. We call it prednisolone. You guys call it prednisone. How funny. What? Wow. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, are we talking about the same thing? But it is kind of like the whole 
aluminium foil and yes. al- aluminium. No, I don't even know how you say uh, it. Aluminum, yes. <laughs> aluminium. I like when you guys say aluminium because it sounds like Harry Potter. I feel like it's like a spell. I'm like, yes, aluminium. Wow. So, <laughs> um, yeah, wow. but no, the dreaded prednisolone. Well, oh, yeah. do you know what? I'm torn. I'm torn on rating prednisolone because it's, I found it so effective like it completely took away all my pain which is Mm -hmm. what you're looking for at that time but um it came with hefty hefty side effects um which shouldn't and looking back I'm like "Mm, should I probably shouldn't have tolerated that but I think it was a more like a a magic a magic pill Mm -hmm. at the time which which sorted me out but um yeah what what side effects did you encounter with prednisolone? Because I'm sure there were Yeah, there definitely yeah. were quite a bit. So I'll try and keep this short because it could literally be like a whole yeah. episode. But I am, when it comes to prednisone, I am in the same boat as Amy. This is a really hard one for me to rate because it also got me over a hump of not being able to get out of bed. Like I really, mm-hmm. really was in so much pain when I was first diagnosed it seems like it like just spread rapidly throughout my joints, the RA. Mm -hmm. And um, this helped me to be able to get out of bed and to actually feel like I could start doing more independent activities for myself again, which was huge for not only just my mental health, but for getting things done that were kind of falling behind at that time. So it was helpful, but I stayed on prednisone for two years straight. (gasps) Yes. Yeah, and I was on a pretty high dose, and I really wish I had written it down because I don't have it on me right now how much I was on, but it was a particularly high dose, and so what was happening for me is I was seeing this transformation of my face. I was told, like, there's a potential you may get a moon face, they call it, Um, and I was like, okay, but they told me it's not common, um, which... When we have a doctor on as a guest, which we will in the future, I'm going to ask about that because everyone I have met has experienced the moon face. And I'm like, is it really that uncommon? I don't know. So yeah, so that really does something to you though, when you're already not feeling good in your body and you start to not recognize your own face, like you see yourself and you're like, that's Mm -hmm. not me. Like Mm -hmm. I had that a lot and I struggled with those thoughts. Like, like I don't like the way I look right now you know yeah it's Um, It's really as that's what I was going to bring up about prednisolone like it really has mm -hmm. a psychological impact more so Mm -hmm. than any of the other drugs I've taken for my RA I think for that being a very big part of that is completely just Mm -hmm. not recognizing yourself when you look in the mirror not recognizing yourself when you see a photograph of yourself and that is just Mm -hmm. such a head fuck yeah, I think that maybe between you and I, we can get some photos together for our Instagram and we can put them on there for you guys because it's it's kind of like, wow, like, wow, you can, can definitely see the moon face. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think I have posted on Rheumatoid Girls before, like a before and after, and I know it. A lot of people messaged me saying that they were experiencing the moon face at the time. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was my biggest side effect was the moon phase, but it also came with, you know, I, I've gone into mental health a lot, so I'll keep this short, but it really, um, prednisone has a way of underlying 
any kind of depressive experiences you may be having. Um, so if you are prone to depression, let your rheumatologist know that because this is a medication that can highlight those emotions for, for many people, um, not for all, of course, but for me, I already struggled with depression. And so when I was prescribed this, I didn't know to look into it more on that end, on the mental health end. So this actually really, really contributed to where I was mentally at that time, which was not a good place. So um, it did have that effect on me for sure. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a really good, um, I hadn't picked up on that. I didn't realize that. So that's, that's really great that you can share that for other people before they find themselves in a similar situation. I found mm -hmm. it to be almost like a stimulant. Like mm -hmm. I would, I was like hyperactive on it. I didn't, uh -huh. I couldn't drink coffee, which is one of my, which at that time of my RA, the coffee was like one of the, the the only joys in my life because I was like no gluten mm -hmm. no dairy no sugar no nothing I was like at least I can still have my coffee and then it the prednisolone just gave me insomnia like I could not fall oh. I was literally lying in bed like wired like wide awake at one o'clock in the morning which is obviously very uncommon for someone that's just being diagnosed with RA because going to sleep is everyone's favorite part of the day when you're <laughs> not well um so yeah, that is what I really remember. It took away my coffee and it just made me film super, super wired. So that was another thing that had an impact wow. on my like daily activities. Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't have that type of experience with it. Um, but I'm also curious to know since I was struggling more deeply with my mental health at that time, mm -hmm. if maybe that was counteracting the the hormones yeah. slash the yeah. experience of being more like um hyped up I'd call it yeah. So, yeah. so yeah so Amy what would you rate this though I know this is a really tough one but what's Amy's rating for this I think I don't know I it really did like you said it helped give me freedom back and I do think a moon face and missing out on coffee is really a small price to pay for the benefits that it gave me. So I'm going to give it a, a 6.5. <laughs> hey, in the sixes again. All right. Oh, I'm so to number six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, for my rating, I'm going to give it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to give it a. Oh, gosh. I got to really think about this one. Last one, I give a four. So yeah. I'm going to give this one a 4.5. Okay. I It did get me out of bed. I almost, almost am on the edge of giving this five because of okay. how it helped me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But towards the end, I think I was just in a dark place, which contributed to this medication. Yeah. So Understood. I have to admit my surroundings were a little rough at that time. So that also contributed to my rating. So, yes. Okay. Okay. Better luck next time, prednisolone. Yep. And let us know your ratings. Like, let us know. We we want to know yours. Like, each person is going to respond differently to each medication. So it's so fascinating to hear other people's experiences. I think you, I think you should do some, I know what's next on your list. I think we should go into some of these mm -hmm. because I, my, I was on the same one for, yeah, like I said, like four years while you were dabbling in the, uh, yeah. dabbling <laughs> in, in a few different ones. So what's next for you? 
Yeah. All right, folks. So buckle your seatbelts. We are going on a ride here. So for me, I, so my RA was extremely aggressive. My first two years of my diagnosis or not diagnosis, but experience with having RA. So right after the diagnosis, it just, like I said, spread like everywhere. I had a hard time walking. It was my right knee mostly. Um, I was in college, so getting to lecture halls was extremely difficult and painful. Um, at that time, I didn't think about using a mobility aid as much. Um, it just wasn't kind of in my sphere um, of thought, and I really wish I had known about that because I really think crutches or possibly a walker would have helped a lot. Um, yeah, it was like it was a very very rough time for me. So I was switched off of methotrexate and prednisone pretty fast when they realized that those, well, not prednisone pretty fast. That took two years, but I was cycled off of methotrexate really quickly because they noticed that wasn't doing much. So the introduction that happened next was Humira for me. So Humira was my first injectable medication. And um, this is known as a biological medication or a biologic. Um, So what this is, is it's a self-injection. And I believe I was doing this self-injection once every two weeks. Um, That's how it was prescribed for me. And it's not always prescribed the same way for each person. But that's how I started with Humira. And I just remember being so scared to do this first, like, injection. I remember the nurse sitting with me in my appointment and showing me how to use this um, by help, like, watching me do the injection. Essentially, she had like a fake pen. So Humira comes in almost like, I want to just emphasize, it is not an EpiPen, totally different medication, but it comes in a similar device where it's like an auto injector, meaning there's a button at the top that has a spring and it kind of sends down the needle into you, into you. So (laughs) (laughs) very scientific here. So so that's how um, it's administered. So my the nurse had like a fake one so you could like practice pressing the button and it would shoot down this little spring of plastic essentially. So then she watched me do that. My first one I did was Zach. I think I mentioned that in the first episode. I was really shocked and really emotional that he was open to, you know, helping me with that because he was so early on in our relationship. Um, but Humera didn't last very long for me. Um I didn't have any side effects, but what happened is my rheumatologist was not pleased with how drastically I was losing um, mobility in my right arm and how I was still stiff and very swollen everywhere else. So I was pulled off that medication and then I was put on Embrel. All right. So Embrel is also <laughs> a biologic. And it is also a self-injection, so it works similarly in the sense of the auto-injector. Um, Embryl was okay. Yeah. Um, I can't really recall that much from that time, to be honest, when I was on Embryl. Like, I think my pain levels then, when I look back at my charts from my doctor, they were, like, at a 8 to 9, like, out of 10. Oh, um, oh can, how, can I ask quickly mm-hmm. how many... So you, did you say that was a year in you a year in was when you started mm-hmm. taking Humira? Yeah. Yeah. So my first year, um, the one consistent for the first two years of um my treatment was the prednisone. 
and then the other medications were being cycled through um because we were essentially trying to find like the matching puzzle piece like what was going to help here um so yeah it was a lot of switching around and this was particularly hard at the time because I went to college in a different state than I'm from so I was in Washington state and I'm from California state um and California state feels weird to say I'm from California and I went to school in Washington state but um what that meant is my rheumatologist who I was seeing was in California so I had seen her the summer I was diagnosed I had been seeing her when I would go home on holiday or vacation and um yeah so it was kind of hard I was communicating with her virtually that's so (laughs) tough to be I mean I know how aggravating I find it when I have to go and talk to like my local doctor or like do a prescription you know let alone having Mm -hmm. to manage that when you're in college in a different state which is to me basically my doctor being in like Germany <laughs> me being yeah, it is. Right, it's <laughs> mass, massive, it's a massive amount for you to take on it definitely was um I will admit that I didn't really have many like tools at that time meaning I just hadn't quite found therapy yet at that time um and I didn't have access to podcasts like this like there weren't many at that time if any um there may have been some but I just never found them and so what I was seeing was just these really doomy gloomy accounts of people's experiences and that kind of made me feel locked into the concept of this is gonna be an awful ride here we go and so that you know contributed to everything so I really wish at that point in my life like I had something like this yeah uh, well while you've just brought that up that has made me just want to do a, a public service announcement do not google your medication or ask people on forums what happened to them when they took the medication don't do it don't do it mm-hmm. just if, <laughs> if your doctor has okayed a medication for you try it and see what happens do not fill your brain with and Janessa you can stop me because you may feel differently this is just my opinion (laughs) but like do not fill your brain with all the side effects that have happened to other people and do not sit there while you swallow those pills thinking this is going to make me feel sick because that is there is a high chance that is going to increase the likeliness of you feeling sick after taking that medication like take Mm -hmm. it for what it is (laughs) don't I'm not really sure I should be saying don't research but don't research don't ask other people don't fill your brain with other people's thoughts and experiences just take it how it comes to you mm-hmm. I okay I want to add to that I'm going to start with and I agree and I would add that if you are going to research this if you are like me and your brain is like I need to know I need yeah. to yeah ask your doctor for literature from the company that manufactures your medication and ask your doctor for other sites like Mayo Clinic in the U.S. And I'm sure that's World Wide Web. So mm-hmm. probably for you guys yeah, worldwide, too. World Wide Web. I feel, like an, I, I feel like an elderly person when I say <laughs> World Wide Web. I have been saying it so often too. Even at work. Like at work. And I, I'm in my 20s, you guys. And I'm like the World Wide Web. And they're like, what? Oh, I love it. <laughs> so yes, there, there are tools. So definitely ask. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So definitely ask your doctor like where you can find information that is going to more likely be um, 
a little bit more objective. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if you're like me, you're like, well, the companies do their own research, but don't worry, we'll get into that in another episode. But for now, don't overwhelm yourself with that stuff. Just yeah. look at the, the brightest side you can with what you're going through. Okay. So can, can we get a rating for Humira and Emberol or no? Yeah. Just, or are they just a zero? Because- um, you know, I can't give you guys the most accurate rating because I wasn't seeing any results for it from them but I also I wasn't having any side effects from these like I didn't have like any like you know mouth sores or anything like that I was feeling fatigued in general but I think that's just my experience with RA um so yeah I can't give you guys an accurate rating but all I can do is rate the experience of self-injecting which I'm gonna go for anticipation before you hit that auto click two 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 literally you're like I don't want to do this I can't believe I'm about to do this. And then you do it and then it's like a nine. You're fine. Yeah. Wow. Anticipation. Yeah. I swear. (laughs) I really like, and I still do a self-injection medication now, different from these, um, but it doesn't have an auto injector. So it is a needle um, that I have to, you know, push down. It's like a classic needle. And so um, I... Yeah, I have to pump myself up. I have to put on some feel-good tunes, and I've got to kind of fluff the ego a little bit so that I'm like, all right, we got this. And then there's a moment of like, I don't got this. And then I got to restart. So, yeah. Oh, I feel for oh. you. I feel for you. So and that's you a – You have my deepest <sighs> respect. I, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm sure if I had to do it, I could, but – I, it feels unimaginable for me to do it. So yeah, you have my deepest respect, Thanks, and anyone else out there as well, big time. Yes, same here. Um, okay, and then after Embrol, to add to those was Orencia, and Orencia. I do remember. I liked that a lot. I liked Orencia. I started feeling a little bit less swollen. Things were going a bit better for me in my life. Um, but I want to add um, what kind of dictates that a little bit too is that that was a time where I started paying more attention to my mindset and I was taking better care of my mental health. I also was looking into nutrition, which I was starting to develop a passion for at that time. So I was eating things that I knew had the potential to impact my body positively. And I say the potential because again, like medication, what you eat, your experience may be different than someone else's. Um, so my Orencia experience, again, um, it's an injection one. So there's the anticipation, but the whole experience was like, I give it a 10. I loved, I really loved Orencia. Yeah. I will give that a 10. And so you may be thinking like, is she still on Orencia? And the answer is no. And, <laughs> and that's how this autoimmune disease can go. So I liked it, but my rheumatologist did not like how I was still, presenting a lot of swelling to her she still was like no um and at this time I was starting to get um, like irreversible joint damage in my fingers and toes so she pulled me off of that one but I loved that one I really did but yeah so Amy let's let's hop to something you've tried that (laughs) I okay so thank you everyone you can unbuckle your seatbelts we have gone (laughs) through that little ride but we'll be back in the car again soon so (laughs) So Amy has, you've been on hydroxychloroquine and I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, that I was prescribed at one point and then 
oddly enough, after being prescribed, the doctor was like, no, 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 actually, we're going to skip this. Uh, oh. Don't take it. So I had a bottle of it and I was like, God, what do you do with this? So oh. anyway, let um, me know. How was that? Yeah. So not bad. Not. I still take it now. So I, I think it works for me in combination with other medications. But this is weirdly hydroxychloroquine, even though, again, mm-hmm. it's on the milder side. It's the one I have had side effects with so um lightheadedness I do get but I don't I don't mind lightheadedness I don't, I don't, <laughs> mind, I don't mind like occasionally getting off the sofa and being like oh a bit of a rush like I think I know some people seem to hate it but I'm happy to tolerate like the occasional bit of lightheadedness do you, I'm, I'm sure I shouldn't I'm sure I should be like <laughs> Should I be should I be thinking about my body and my my body's long term future more? But yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, and yeah, it also kind of not anymore. I really feel like it's balanced out a lot. But I I stopped taking my probiotic when I started taking hydroxychloroquine mm-hmm. because it's not recommended. I think when you oh. fir- when you first take hydroxychloroquine, you it's not recommended that you take a probiotic at the same time. I think oh, here I am. Wow. This is. Please, this is not medical advice. I'm not a qualified practitioner. <laughs> that's that's um, what I've picked up. So I stopped and mm-hmm. I definitely did have some like GI issues mm-hmm. with it. Um, but I kind of persevered with it and they've um, gone away now. And I do, I have taken probiotics with it again and it's been fine. So that's maybe something to think about if you're experiencing mm-hmm. the same thing. If you experience side effects on something straight away, it doesn't mean that they're going to persevere throughout the entire time that you take the medication. So, you know, some if you think it, if you think the benefit could be worth it to you, try and stick with it for as long as you can. And obviously, if something is completely unbearable, get off it ASAP. But if it's just a little something that you're like, that's not ideal, see if you can take your time with it. Um, so yeah, still on hydroxychloroquine to this day. It's really f- fine in terms, in, apart from the occasional lightheadedness, but the tablet tastes rank. It is one oh, of those. No. It is one of those. <laughs> one of those ones, you know, like a really, I'm not sure yeah. you'd call it sour, but it's like, like sour, chalky. Oh, so that's yeah. the only, so that, that lowers the rating. <laughs> but it seems it seems to work pretty well so I might I might have to give this one another 6.5 oh Amy with the sixes today I'm just just so mild I'm just like nah it's like a (laughs) 6.5 but yeah so I recommend I recommend hydroxychloroquine um not one not one to be afraid of I don't think Mm -hmm. um and I think many people take it fairly successfully as well so yeah I love to hear that. That's, that's exciting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be on it at this time, but like, it, it kind of excites me, which means that's good for this community. Like, oh, there's something yeah. that like someone found successful. So I was also going to add there that you had mentioned, um, like, if you feel a side effect, it doesn't mean it's going to persist throughout your experience with the medication. And I wanted to add that kind of more from like, it's going to sound a little woo, but really like biologically, the body, it, it responds to some things quicker than others. 
But when it comes to medication, because it's a whole new system for your body, it's taking this in, it's really absorbing it and trying to get it to where it needs to go to benefit you. Um, your insides are working pretty hard, but it means that they also may be delayed in their experience. So your body might just be shocked when it first takes this because this is new in your system. So yeah, to to agree with Amy there, what you may be experiencing, um, you know, keep tabs on it, but also um, make sure to not get in your mind too much in the mindset of like, oh, this is going to be forever because it isn't always. And if you are feeling freaked out, like Janessa did a few times, call the advice nurse. If you are in the U.S., you can call an advice nurse with your doctor's office and you can talk to them and you can let them know and they will check with the doctor there if that is a thing that is not good at that time. Like if you really need to come in and see your doctor or they'll let you know, hey, no worries, keep tabs on it. So. Yeah, that's good. And it is also, it's, it is a bit life admin-y, and, but it's keeping a, a symptoms tracker um, mm. is, a, is really great within, within your first, particularly when you're first being diagnosed, to kind of just, just keep just a little bullet point list somewhere, even in the notes on your phone, to be like what your disease activity was like and mm-hmm. what like medications you took that day and things that you think might be medication side effects is just it's just if you're that way inclined it's it's good to look back on um and it's good to prep you for your your meetings with your medical care team and stuff like that totally amy did you ever design one of those i feel I like did. i saw it on rheumatoid girls i did it's in the um the restore journal which um is available on rheumatoidgirls.com <laughs> hey go get it <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I remember scrolling through and I was like, I love this. Like, it's really well laid out. So yeah, go check it out, Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Janessa. Gotta, gotta plug my girl. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, literally designed and written by someone who has been there. So yeah, if you're, if you are looking for something to keep track of, of your things, it's got journal prompts and stuff like that, it could be really useful for you. So yeah, please do go that. check it out if you want. All right. Um, Okay, well, next on the list here is um, Zeljans. <laughs> I love these. Hey, <laughs> I know. Who gets to come up with these? I mean, I know the company, but like Zeljans. All right. Sounds like a like a dad band. Like a rock yeah. band. We practice in the garage every Tuesday, the Zeljans. <laughs> um, so yeah, did you, Amy, I can't quite recall. Is this one that you've been on before, Zeljans? No, no, no. None, actually none on, none of the other ones that you've taken, I've also taken. So. All right. So everyone buckle that seatbelt again. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Zeljans, I took orally. It was a pill form. Um, this was a very short-lived medication for me. Um, again, one of those ones where nothing particularly went wrong, but there just wasn't enough going right for my rheumatologist to like this for me. So um, that was a really quick one. That was like six months on Zoljan. They were like, all right, let's, let's take you off. So I, I can't, I actually can't even write that. I don't even know, don't even really remember. So I'm sorry, you guys. So if you are on Zeljans currently, go to our Instagram and rate it, please. We want to know. After Zeljans, um, I want to preface that um, between the medications we've talked to up to the point of Zeljan, 
I started to lose full mobility in my right arm. Um, so my elbow started to contracture, it's called, which means that bone was starting to fuse. Um, so it, I couldn't open my arm more than 90 degrees and I couldn't bend it either, like upward, like if you're going to put your hair up. So um, at first I thought this was like a lot of inflammation, but as we kept doing x-rays, um, we started to see that the bone was fusing. So that was a pretty scary time for me. I was um, at that point, this is actually farther along my journey. So I was out of college at that time. It was my first year out of college. And um, yeah, I started experiencing that and that just was really frightening. But I also was in a lot of denial about that. So I put off uh, physical therapy for a little bit longer than I should have. So I would not recommend doing that. Don't do it. So go to physical therapy. It's hard work, but it's worth it for sure. So what they did is um, I had a huge surgery that maybe we'll go into um, in another episode. So I'm going to skip through that for now. But after that surgery, I was put on uh, Rituxa, which is an infusion form of medication. Um, so we went through the pills, we went through the self-injection and two infusions. The Rituxim infusions were long, you guys. Uh, they told me it was going to be like five plus hours and <gasps> mine took like six and a half hours. So it was like oh a full goodness. day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a slow experience, um, for the dosage I was on. So I would go into a department of um, like the clinic that I was in and the infusion department or I feel like I'm missing the name for this but when I was in that department there was a lot of things psychologically I didn't quite recognize until I was sitting in that chair getting this infusion and one of them was that the department I was in um, consists of a lot of patients who are going through cancer. So there are chemotherapy patients and other patients who have different autoimmune diseases around you. But that was something that got me in my head a bit is um, seeing other people go through their treatments really kind of gives you some perspective um, and not to, I don't know how to word this because I don't really want to be like, I'm grateful that like you know, I, I wasn't grateful I had this autoimmune disease, but I also was grateful that I was going in there with the prospects of leaving and not having to face, um, you know, means of like thinking about not surviving through RA, you know, in ways that other people around me were having to think about what they were going through. So if you are going through infusions, just know that there's like a lot of things that can come up when you're there. So bring, um, I would say bring a laptop. I'd say bring a journal. If you start feeling a little uncomfortable, you can journal. You can um, even bring your own food usually, by the way. Highly suggest it. Didn't bring food the first time, six hours. They had snacks, but it was everything was like hospital snacks. So, <laughs> But um, yeah, there's a lot you can do to make that experience a little bit better for yourself. You can also ask for a different chair to sit in for your infusion. And if one's available, they might be able to give you one that's a little bit more secluded. Um, so yeah, that was my experience. Rituxim did help a lot though. Um, and I would give that for my rating for the medication itself. I'd give that like, uh, I already gave out 10s. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I'd give it like a 9.5 Wow. because it took a lot of time. And, um, also because they 
administered Benadryl with it to help lower side effects. But the Benadryl, if you've ever had Benadryl in an infusion, it feels like there's a fire going through your veins for like a split second. Um, And they do tell you it's going to probably feel really warm and it was warm. They always come out with that, don't they? This is going to feel just slightly warm, small, small scratch. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) it's not small. It's not warm. Yeah, that was Rituxam. So yeah, that segues nicely. So currently, so I switched, a few things happened between this time. So after my surgery and after the infusions, my rheumatologist I had had since the beginning of my RA diagnosis, she moved states. So she moved to a different state. She opened up her own practice. And this was kind of devastating for me because it was like, she was so like, monumental in my experience like she'd been there since the very beginning and I started to trust her we had more rapport with each other and um so yeah she moved and her patients got funneled into two different rheumatologists um, at the clinic and the rheumatologist that I got was not a good fit for me doesn't mean he was not a good rheumatologist but my experience was very negative so I can say like I really feel for people who have rheumatologists who just don't seem to really listen to you. Like you you don't feel heard and you don't feel seen as a person. You just feel kind of like thrown medications at and it's like, bye, see you in however many months, get your lab work done. So that was pretty awful. I came home and cried after that appointment. A lot went badly there. And um, my husband reminded me, you have the right to look for another doctor. So I just want to remind people, I forgot about that. I got so sad that I was about to have this like awful, like match for myself with this rheumatologist. I was like, oh no, like I'm gonna have it for years, you know, but no, um, I actually went and I went into um, looking at a rheumatologist with his own private practice, which is, I understand a privilege. Um, and I'm finally at the point in my life where I can afford that. So I did that and I see Dr. Micah Yu, who I just like shamelessly will plug right here. Just go check out Dr. Micah Yu. He's so wonderful and he also has had a rheumatic disease as well. So he understands from the patient perspective and from the doctor perspective. Very knowledgeable. Okay, that's it for Dr. Micah Yu. So yeah, look into him. Hopefully we'll have him on at some time in the future. Um, but he got me on a medication called Simsia. And Simsia is a self-injection. It is not an auto-injector, but it's a pre-filled syringe. And so you do use your thumb to apply pressure to the top, of course, of the syringe to inject. Um, this medication, also the antici- anticipation, oh gosh, I can't even say that. Anticipation is kind of difficult with this one. Um, and especially because it's not as quick as the other ones. This medication is thick, you guys. I don't know who, like, like it is it takes a long time to inject so yeah I don't know how to describe that it's something that was very well said to me by Dr. Yu he like did warn me you know this medication is a little bit thicker in like the way it's made so it is going to take a little bit longer to self-inject and so that's true it just does um and so I take that once a month now and yeah and so it's yeah, it's it's so it's a lot less than everything else I had been doing up until that point. So it's once a month. It's two injections once a month. So it comes with two different needles. Um, 
I do one in each leg. You can also split that up. Some people like to do like every two weeks in the month. So you would do one of your injections and at the end, uh, you know, two weeks later you do another injection. But I just say, let's, let's just get her done. So I just do it all in one. Um, and then I am also on low-dose naltrexone, which is a newer um, drug that is being used in like the field of rheumatology. Newer meaning it has been used for like over 10 years, but not commonly. And um, this drug is known to be used for individuals who experience addiction to opioids and other um, addictions. So it's interesting that this is being used for rheumatology now, but there's very low chance of side effects, which is impressive. And um, it really helps with the internal inflammation. Like it really, really brings down the inflammation. So between Simsia right now and Lodos Naltrexone, I am very, very happy to tell you guys like this is the, this was the missing puzzle piece all along for me. And so the thing I want to say is right now it works for me, but I also want to recognize things are always changing when you have RA. So right now I'm so happy and so grateful this is working. In the future, there is a chance it's not always going to happen, but there is a chance that this may not work for me in the future. And then at that time, I will adjust and pivot accordingly. But um, for now, I'm really glad that this is the puzzle piece I need at this time. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Christ, girl, you would do, uh, <laughs> yeah. do a break. Thank you. <laughs> to add, like, Simsia is also one of, in the U.S., it's FDA approved to take while you are pregnant. So um, this is a safer medication if you are thinking of conceiving. So if you are thinking of conceiving in the near future and you have RA or you have an autoimmune disease, you can inquire about Simsia and see if that's a good fit for you. Nice. It makes me, um, I feel kind of envious that you only have to think about your medication once a month because at the Mm -hmm. moment I'm taking twice a day and it is so hard to keep on top of when you're running about living your life like it's I frequently forget to take the morning one and then Mm -hmm. if I'm out or staying over somewhere it's just it's really I mean it's minor it's a first world problem but Mm -hmm. like just being tied to having to take something twice a day every day is killing me so yeah it must be so nice to just have to think about it once a month and then yeah, yeah freedom it is very nice the lotus trexon it is an a daily one oh. but it's it's a pill once a day so it's not multiple i have to manage at all yeah but what you're saying is so true because i remember wanting to travel more in my life like it wasn't accessible at that time like right out of college but i was thinking of traveling and like how am i going to travel and adapt to bringing these medications bringing these self-injections that i have to do weekly or bi-weekly mm. Um, and these pills I have to take, you know, daily. So I remember that kind of throwing a wrench in the plans that I had in my mind and also forcing me to kind of consider other options. So mm. that can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I remember thinking of thinking about medication impacting the plans you have for your life. I think that's mm-hmm. worth talking about as well in terms yeah. of that was like one of the hardest, aside from trying the mm-hmm. drugs going to the hospital to get them 
getting with the the routines and the programs and the side effects more than any of that the thing that I struggled with the most was like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be taking something until my deathbed (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and I am a 24 years old and I'm never gonna be able to escape taking these drugs and that was like that was such a massive thing for me to get my head around and obviously as we've discussed before mm-hmm. our ability to adapt is amazing and it just it, it doesn't bother me I I no longer I'm like oh god I have to take this forever mm-hmm. like it's just part of my life now and it the yeah. older the older I get the more I realize we're all on the pills <laughs> whether you have yeah. all, all of my friends everyone mm-hmm. basically everyone I know regularly takes some sort of medication and it becomes mm-hmm. much more of a woe is me situation but yeah just um yeah. for anyone thinking that we've we've both been there mm-hmm, definitely and then also I want to add that you know the more we're going through this you know, rheumatology, the field is actually very new. It is a very new field. We don't think of that a lot, but like it wasn't well practiced for a long time when you had RA way back in the day, they're injecting gold into your joints. Like that's where we started. That's where we started. They thought golden like copper was going to help you. And um, it was a weird, weird thing. So we have come very far. And what's also exciting is that there's always new things coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in a clinic, like I mentioned previously, and um, one of the clinics I worked in had a rheumatology department, and I would also, I was also able to get the mail for them. So while I worked there, I'd like bring them their mail every once in a while. I was not a mail lady, you guys. I helped patients, <laughs> but I just brought it over to be kind. But what I would see a lot is these JAMA, it's called JAMA um, Medical Studies. So this is like a highly regarded medical journal. And it tells you about new studies that are coming out. And this is more exclusive to doctors. Like they are subscribed to this. Um, And so some, not all. Um, So I would see the JAMA like articles and I would always ask like when they're going to be recycled, if I could keep them. So I always had kind of a little inkling of what's coming down the pipeline in the future and what they're studying in rheumatology. So it's really exciting what's coming and what's being looked at. So I want to remind you that like also, there is a potential that possibly we might not need to be on meds for the rest of our life. But I agree with what Amy's saying. You don't have to hold on to that to be your end-all be-all. Find comfort and find strength where you are right now, if possible. And just accepting yourself where you are in this time. Like, I accept I'm on Cymbia. I accept I'm on low-dose naltrexone. I don't always want to be on them, but I'm happy with where I am at this time. Yeah. Um, and then just to loop back to what you're saying about Simzia being mm-hmm. safe for pregnancy, that mm-hmm. is um, why I came off methotrexate and took yeah. started to take sulfasalazine, which is what I'm on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I went. I love that's this is I was gonna. I'm finally gonna give something more than a six point five. Like I give sulfasalazine a ten. I put my, no, not a ten mm-hmm. because I have to take it twice a day. But but <laughs> let's give it a nine. Let's give it an 8.5 because I feel the best I've felt um, in the whole time that I've had RA is the side effects are zero. I have zero side Mm -hmm. effects um, and I'm so strong and so healthy. It's insane. I'm, I literally wake up being like, um, am I, I'm doing Pilates. Like, is this really me that's doing it? (laughs) Is this a dream? Like, um, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I found it to be amazing mixed with um, hydroxychloroquine. So yeah, big I love two thumbs up for um, sulfur salazine as well. Heck yeah. Yeah, whatever allows you to have the quality of life that you would like, that allows you to focus on who you are becoming instead of where you were in the past, I say props to you, whether that's the route of medication or whether that's the route of not being medicated. If you're managing us naturally, that's beautiful. If you're managing this with medication, that's also beautiful. I don't think there needs to be a hierarchy of one over the other. And I also think both can coexist. Like that's pretty much what I was trying to do when I started switching over to the spiritual nutritionist is when I was studying nutrition, I found this world where it was like, medication is bad. And then I found this world where it was like, don't go off medication. And then I found this beautiful community in the middle where it's like, whatever works for you, you can implement for both sides. You don't, it doesn't have to be such a polar experience. So mm-hmm. yeah, just want to shout out to the people in the middle. Hey, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, completely. I mean, I have always, I have always felt like that. I like it was a, no, it was a no brainer for me to start taking medication didn't even didn't even think twice um but you do find I feel like have combining it with holistic practices makes me feel like I'm making even more of a contribution to my health and that's been a really amazing for my confidence and like my self-esteem you know and and Mm -hmm. learning more about myself so yeah there's so many there's so many benefits to both yeah, and then to add again from last episode, and, um, I wish I almost said Amy, Allie, <laughs> Allie, our guest in our last episode was mentioning like you could, her metaphor was you could go to a gym and you could stare at screens the whole time you're there and you could come out of the gym and say like, I'm not any different, you know, but that's because you didn't put the work in. So the thing is when it comes to medication, Amy's right, you still want to um slowly integrate other areas of your life that you can put the work in like your doctor only sees you so many times a month so many times a week um and while they do care for you when you're in clinic they have a lot of other patients as well so you need to make sure that you're you are making yourself a priority in your life remember that when it comes to managing this there's other little things you can do like amy mentioned and so the more you see that there's other little things you can incorporate i feel like the more you start becoming involved in your healing journey. And when you start doing that, you invest in yourself. And when you invest in yourself, you level up. You kind of do. On that note, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so um, we hope that was insightful. I'm, I'm actually, although Janessa's journey was horrific, I'm, I'm almost grateful that she went through all of that so that you guys can have this first-hand account of so many medications so thank you Janessa who knew at the time that when you were when you were going through all of that that one day you'd be sat here sharing what you learned with other people very cool um mm-hmm. so yeah let us know reach out to us we'd love to hear your experiences as well um and we will talk to you in two weeks time and in the meantime remember to let the light in bye bye